At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug, but I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted, where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash, here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. So today marks our first episode of the offseason. Um uh, since we're no longer in anymore, we're, our, our show will be moving to its normal offseason uh, pace of one episode a week. Um, but yeah, lots uh, lots to get into today. I thought we were just going to have a, a reaction to Game 7 episode, but then this morning, breaking news happened. Uh, Doc Rivers is no longer a part of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we're going to get into all that, but just initial reaction. Um, when you guys got the, the news, what, what was your initial response to that? Um... I couldn't say I was surprised. It was just like, oh, that was quick. That was my normal reaction. I mean, that was my reaction. Um, because it, you know, we, we talked about it. If we didn't get past the semifinals, it could be a different looking team. So just wasn't shocked, wasn't surprised. Just like, oh, I wonder who they'll get. That was my response. Do you do you think this would have gone any differently had we won or had we lost like a last second shot to lose the game, or like 
no matter what this was happening. Um, yeah, I think this was happening because we lost game six. I thought game six was the game. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't surprised either. Couldn't even didn't even give us enough time to mourn, really. We went right into right into offseason programming. Yeah. We were still upset about our our loss, and then this happened. It's crazy. So will you take the attention and put it in and redirect it somewhere else? Smart. Yeah. It's also it's just that's a sports man. It's just so so cutthroat. It's like this is a man's job, and like we just it's just like, I don't know, just seeing all the Twitter comments like, oh, uh, move on from Doc, let's go do this, this, and this. It's like, you know, it's still, I mean, I know Doc's a professional, has been in the league for so long doing this and plays a player and a coach, but it's, I don't know, it just feels, feels crummy. It's a, you know, it's a man's job. Like people are rooting for it. So like, people are so, a lot of people are so happy that he's gone. And it's just like, I don't know, I, I don't think he deserved it. I, I thought, I thought he coached, I thought this year was probably his best coaching job with our team this year. And you can I, make a great argument for that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a year where we lost a lot of guys, people don't people don't care. I mean, they like they like you know Tasia, and they they think they get so much money that you know you can. They don't have any. They shouldn't have any feelings. Like you just get rid of. Them. It don't even matter. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it don't hurt anybody to say somebody should be losing their job. And, but only in sports do people do that. Like he should be fired. Cut him. Get rid of him. He stinks. Get out. Get it. Like you know, it just you know. Hey, he's, he's still getting. He's still getting paid because you make a lot of money. You shouldn't feel it. You should still be okay. Rivers is still going to get paid, though. There you go. Still okay. getting paid. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You should. You shouldn't feel it. Uh, you should feel sorry for the guy. Apparently, Tish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey. I mean, you know, he, he says he's still going to get paid, and we're then we're going to be paying two coaches. So I guess it's Josh Harris money. So why do we care? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So then we shouldn't care about Tobias. Then. I was just going to say, that's why we shouldn't care about Tobias. <laughs> problem is, though, I will say, no, no, problem is, coach's money doesn't go against a salary cap. So that is a – It goes legit. against the business decisions, though. So so do, so do the uh, concessions and how much beer. Yeah, that's my point. It goes against the business decisions. So it's all looped in one money. Yeah, Miller Lite costs at Philadelphia games also are business decisions. I don't, I don't, that doesn't yeah, concern yeah, me. It goes into business decisions. <laughs> yeah, well, Harris is doing just all right. You know, he's got the, he's got the commanders now. He's, he's doing, yeah, he's, do, he's, he's doing just fine. <laughs> do, do you think with the fact that we are paying two years of docs, uh, the next two years of his contract, um, do you think that factors in as uh, as to what coach we'll get next as far as we may go the cheaper route rather than going to get like, the, the biggest name out there? Or does that not matter? I mean, I think if you made this move, you're not making this move to go the cheapest route. Yeah. You're making this move because you want to feel like you need to get better. Go and if right you feel like, feel like you need to get want to get better, then you're not getting anybody cheaper. Yeah. So – you, you, you'll pay a lot for a retired coach has been there or a recycled coach that just recently got fired. Or if you want a cheaper route, then you'll go someone that hasn't coached before that was maybe on your staff. You can pay that person less. Mm -hmm. um, but someone has been a head coach and did a lot and did and previously, you, you're going to pay them around the same. You're going to pay them them free, their market value. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of high-profile jobs out there, so you know a coach could try to leverage, 
you know. But there are also a lot of what, what high profile jobs are out there available. Yeah, hours. The Lakers available or something? The Knicks? Like, who's available? You said high profile. I mean, Milwaukee, Phoenix, not the city not itself. High profile. That's just Those are championship team. teams. Those are championship teams. Not a high profile job. It's just a good good team. It's. I mean. I'd say the Knicks are a good team. No, I'm just like, saying a high-profile job, meaning like you the, you get a lot of media attention. Like that's how I'm looking at it, a high-profile job. Mm-hmm. So I don't see even Phoenix like that. I don't see Phoenix, Milwaukee like that. Yes, their teams are good, but I don't see them as high-profile jobs. I was, if all I things was were, in like championship if all things were equal, if all teams were equal between New York, Boston, L.A., those would be the considered the high-profile jobs. From my standpoint, because we talked about the Lakers when they were two and ten. We won't talk about Milwaukee if they're two and ten. Oh, yeah, it's how well they're doing that makes it more appealing. No, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. We talked about the Lakers when they were two and ten. We wouldn't talk about Milwaukee if they were two and ten. Yeah, that's, that's the true. difference. What I'm saying, that's true. But Milwaukee hasn't been two and ten in a very, very long time. That's, that's why I'm just I'm just saying why I think it's not a high profile job. I think it's a good job because they're winning and they got a very, very talented guy that'll keep them competitive every season. Yeah, I just don't think it's a high profile profile job. Most appealing. Then. Yes, yes. We're very appealing. Appealing, appealing yes. Appealing destinations yes. to go to. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay, so obviously we're going to talk about this doc situation a little bit, uh, a little bit more, and then also some of the potential candidates. One guy I didn't mention in the potential candidates that Woj tweeted out earlier was uh, a betting line. Actually, had uh, JJ Redick as one of the highest odds, uh, actually the highest odds to land the the Sixers head coaching position. Um, so I guess that, that that'd be the cheaper route, probably. Because, or, or is that a high profile guy that they're bringing into this? The guy who's going from TV. To do that, would, would that be a cheaper route, guy? Because he's never been a coach before, Eric. Or would that be? Like, I would high- assume it would be a cheaper route. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know what we're doing. So that, would that would that be striking? To you? It's not our money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they may throw him. They may make him the highest page. I like. Yeah. Who knows? The Philly cheesesteaks will be going up in the uh, the stadium for sure. I'm just, you know, we, we make a decision. Look, look, we made a decision to get rid of a guy that we won with. We lost in game seven um, as the third third best record in the league to the team with the second best record in seven games. Ugly game. No matter if it was two points or 30 points, you still lost. Um, so whoever you get now, you, you you're saying you're getting them so you can get past this point. So whatever route you go, the objective is still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? They're probably thinking in their minds, we haven't really – we haven't improved from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers. Like what What have we accomplished? We have not improved – yeah, we have, we have not improved. Um, and – even the yearly records, they were they were pretty yeah, good last week. Brett Brown and you have Doc Rivers, and the team's been fairly competitive and good. Um, and you've fired two coaches. Um, yeah. I guess now it's time to start blaming the players. Start to 
that's next. Well, I mean, there was a lot of that before this dock firing today. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is as it should. Yeah, I agree. If you're a player, like if players know, like players know if they could have did more, should have did more. Like maybe they, we don't always want to hear it as players, but we don't want people that's maybe someone considered ir- you know irrelevant to them telling them or talking heads on TV or us. Like we, they probably want to hear us saying it, but that don't change the reality. They, but most of the guys know it. If you're real, you know, I could have did more, should have did more. If you really, yeah. um, you just don't. You may not want to hear people say it all the time, but you know it. I, I mean, I didn't play a season where our season ended, and I and I didn't feel like, man, I didn't do enough. Like, you don't win the championship. Party, you, you you feel that way if you care. Yeah, I know these guys make a lot of money now. Like, trust me, they make more in a year than I made in my career. Um, a lot of them do. Like, half the league make more in <laughs> one year than I made in my career. Crazy. Or two years in my career. Um, so maybe it's a little easier to just be like, oh, well, the season's over. But it's still, you know, if you if you've been true and you've been honest and you care about the game, you care about winning, you care about your teammates. You have to have some form of evaluation, self-evaluation to say, how can I have done better and what do I need to do going forward? If you don't, that's how guys get into that same pattern where we still say the same thing about the person year, two years later, three years later, four years later, five years later, you still say the same stuff about them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you bring that up. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Go, finish your no, go ahead. Interesting you say that. I was listening to a, a podcast with um, DeRozan was on as a guest, and he was killing, like, NBA players. He was just like, you have no idea how many guys don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So many guys do not care. They just don't love the game that much. They show up. They want to say all the right things and act like they give a shit, but they care more about, you know, just making it being there having the money and being a player than actually improving and, and, and working at the game and, and and coming in every day and working hard they just don't a lot of guys just don't care that much and you see there's a lot of them too it's, it's a big portion of the league um do you feel like it's gotten compared to your time do you feel like it's gotten worse with time and money because you, you brought up the whole like salary blow up right because it's, it's it's just astronomical yeah, I mean it's it's easy to say it's easy to point at the money um, but even though we didn't make what these guys made, we still make good money. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, like, so um, you're, not, you're not complaining. I mean, you know. So I, 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 I do know for a fact that Demar is correct. Um, I, I can't put a number on that. But I do know it exists. Um, it did exist when I played. But the difference was the league wasn't as young when I played. So 
you had guys that were fighting to stay in and, and it was their livelihood that had families and you know what I'm saying, older. So they, they, they're fighting to survive and eat and take care of their families. Whereas now you got guys that are coming in and, and the league is so young that um, before a lot of these guys turned 26 years old, they, they, they've almost made 80 to a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's easy to be like, I made it to say I made it early versus guys saying I made it at 29, 30 years old. Yeah. So guys are getting paid more now before they've had to prove it for a number of years. Yes. And, and they're, and they're getting paid and without really numbers mattering without winning matter. Potential is a lot more important now, yeah, I feel. People were getting the money because they were drafted there. Or, you know, guy was drafted and he comes and he plays and he averages 12 points and everybody like, he's getting better. And he sits out 30 out of the 82 games and there's no consequence for not improving. There's, there's no consequence for the team not winning. They're like, it's – Everything is just you play, you show up, and you, you don't have to show that you're passionate about it. it. It doesn't matter. So if you show that, and, and and that's why I think a lot of these guys are so talented that they can do that, so talented, so skilled that they can show up and not really love to – I think most of these guys love to play basketball. Um. I think the love of being a professional or CEO of your own company is where a lot of them fall short because making making sure that you do everything that you need to do in order to be successful, in order for the team to be successful, um, I don't think that ever takes priority. I think it's, I'm doing my job. You know, I'm going to go in a little bit. It's like going to the rec, go hoop, go play, ball. But that's that, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I think Demar was right was blaming some of the you know like not really blaming players, but saying how players players feel about it. But I ultimately think it starts from the top because I have it's a lot of ownership that want to be friends with guys and want to mm-hmm. hang out. Like I never hung out with my own. I didn't have a relationship with them. Yeah. Maybe I should have. <laughs> Created some opportunities for myself. But I'm just saying, like, that's how different it was. Um, <clears throat> but you have such a situation where these guys have got straight access to ownership. They got straight um access to management. Look, look, you that right there makes a the coach irrelevant. I think they've made to a certain extent in this league. Coaches has become um, irrelevant. I really firmly believe that. So coaching has become somewhat irrelevant. Them managing the players. So guys can act like they don't care. If a coach can't manage it and, and, and yeah. tell a guy, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, then, then how is the guy going to say, how you gonna see how you going to see where the guy cares so much? If you've taken 
some control away from the coach. Yeah, you got, you got a numbers guy telling him who to play. Yeah, where where they should plan. They should be getting their shots from here. They should be doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. You, t- you give him this roster, then you, you don't. And when he don't do it right, then you tell him you shouldn't. Like, so you 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 balanced out and and coaching to the point where it's. Now, players don't have to really go to the coach if they have an issue. Then we don't win. Well, let's get rid of the coach. Yeah. To bring in another coach, most like most likely a fire coach. Uh-huh. The same pattern happens. It's like a it's like a it's almost a professional scapegoat, is what coaches become. And, and, and the same pattern happens. They they, they, they bring, bring in, in the people that he friends with, and same thing happens. And they don't get nearly the credit they get if they win the championship either. If Lakers win the ring this year, it ain't going to be Darwin Ham's doing. Okay, uh, It's going you know, <laughs> to be those two guys and the players and, you know, yep. people to put the team together. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and Polinka for making those uh, deadline moves. Yeah, then D. Ham and his staff after that. Yeah. Yep. But that's fine. You know, he'll get a ring Maybe. for it. Yeah. Like, talking about this, it made me uh, – um, Relook up something I saw earlier. A front s a front office member said teams would give Victor Wemby a max contract on his second contract without even seeing him play. Like that is, I mean, that's that just says it all right there. Just based on potential, we'll just give him a, just an insane amount of money because we just we hope and think he'll be the guy. But hasn't right. it been like a um a thin seven four seven foot three guy that came over here that shot jump shots? Yeah. Um, um, you mean like Porzingis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just asking. That happened. <laughs> just asking. I'm just, I'm just making sure it's been done before. Like, I thought I thought hey, it had been done before. Depending on who you ask, people might answer that question with MB too. <laughs> They're taller. <laughs> not seven four, but seven one, and yeah. likes to take jump shots. At least in the last couple of games of that series, that's that's definitely true. Was it wasn't Boryani like seven one too? He was, he was, yeah. He was, yeah, he was. I don't. I mean, he didn't shoot jump shots as much early on. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of developed that a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just it's crazy, man. Well, Doc said in, in the press conference pregame, they talking about uh, like how you know. Coaching, you never know when to the next you could be gone. And he was talking about how uh, winning coach of the year has become a curse to not winning the coach of the year. Talk about Monty Williams and, you know, just not, not winning that that award. Because that's also another thing. Like, that doesn't matter. They'll, they'll, they'll fire coach of the year the following year after that. I mean, I just said they've made coaching irrelevant. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, okay, so that kind of is a good segue to our first topic, talking about Doc. Uh, so, that, um, you know, after three years, Doc has been let go. Um the funny thing is, so yesterday Ramon Shelburne came out with a with a story uh, on a report of James saying essentially it's me or Doc. This James Harden says, but Ramon Shelburne said, sources close to James said that he had a problem with Doc uh, being his coach. Um, it's essentially picking him or Doc. Um, and uh, Doc had also alluded uh, to the team asking uh, James to do things that he, he didn't necessarily necessarily wanted to do this season. So my question to you guys is obviously. Harden may may opt out and be a free agent this year, but do you think this move uh, to get rid of Doc was a move made to appease James Harden? And what was 
Doc really asking Harden to do this year that James didn't want to do? Because, I mean, I mean, he had ridiculous numbers this year. Well, I'm not going to try to figure out what sources said and, and guess. Um, I, I would just, in my opinion, I do not think that this decision was based solely on P's and James. I think this decision was um, a collective decision that was probably talked about, um, you know, most of the season. And I think it was probably ultimatum. We didn't get out of the second round. Um, in my opinion, that we were make a change. I think it was more of that. I think it was more game, losing game six where we had a chance to win at home um, more than James. And that, that may add to it, but I just can't see that being the reason why um, they would do it. What if James, because it's a culmination of the entire year, right? What if James was going to management all year about Doc? And it's like, he it, it wasn't new. Maybe he was complaining to them all year about him, saying he's doing this, he's doing that. I don't like this, I don't like that. And then the loss happened. Then it's like, well, if if we lost and like someone said, losing the plot players, losing the, I think JJ Reddick and Stephen A talked about it earlier. Yeah. Um, when it gets to a point where you lose your locker, when you lose the players, that's when it's really hard to support you at that point as management. Like, wait, I, I can't have your back because those guys don't want to play for you. And they gave up and, and I hate to say it, but two minutes left in the fourth quarter of game six and midway through the third quarter, I'm not saying we completely gave up, but we were pretty done. We, we, we were, we pretty much cashed out of that game. So that's a visual. That's, that's not good. I mean, that, that, that that's not good to, to watch as someone who you might want to support doc on. It's like, these guys didn't play for you when push came to shove when in our toughest moment, our darkest moment of the season. Well, I mean, if that's the case, and to me, that says more about the players than doc because they're yeah, not, sure. because they quit on their teammates. Yeah. So I'm not going to say they quit, you know, that it's what the coach isn't doing for them. So you play for your teammates then. That's what that's you play for them first. Yeah. You're not playing for your coaches. You're playing for each other. So Fans to, I can't get past that. So um, if we talk about, since we talked about that last play, that last particular play in game six, it was just those two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most of them are just like. It was mostly those two guys. Yeah. So. Um, I, I see that differently because I see that as them quitting on their, or not quitting, them stopping on their teammates more than I see them stopping towards Doc Rivers. Um, because, you know, that's, that, that was just a team that felt like we lost the game and that we should have won. And, and now it's, we got to go to Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. And it hit him in that moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't take that as Doc Rivers. I think that's a reach um, in that particular case. So to answer your question, if he was going, if, if he was going to, James, I mean, to on Moorings, say for instance, he was doing that. Um, and he has that access to him. As I've said before, he they made they helped make coaching irrelevant. So um <clears throat> if <clears throat> you have a coach of the team and the player is going straight to general ma- to the general manager and he's complaining all year long, and you don't nip it in the bud, say, hey, 
Let him do his job. You do your job. Um, if 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 you if we can't have some form of conversation like that, then then the coach they might as well just have a um, a robot out there coaching, telling them what to do in Southern. You never know. Maybe in the future. That's hey. what you got. That's what you Everything have. Everything else is being automated. Why not coach? You know, go get an AI. What they call them, the AI? Yeah, get, get an AI to tell yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's – it's uh, I also go back to um, – do you remember that conversation they had in that, that scrimmage before the season started? Yeah. Where, where Doc was like, he's number one, you're number two. Then it goes to you. Like you, but but he is first. It runs through him. Um. I wonder if I, – I don't know. I, again, we're just completely spe- – I'm completely speculating on this. Maybe he was tired of being – James was tired of being run hot and cold. Like, hey, MB doesn't have tonight. All right, go for 40. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's not our offense. Now, all of a sudden, you want me just to shoot 28 times today and and, and score 40 points just because we found out that MB just doesn't have it tonight. Like, that. that's what, that, that's what our offense is. It, it, it's – run Joel to the ground and then when he doesn't have it or his knee hurts, I have to go for 40. That's not like that's that's not an offense. Like you can't just do that all in playoff crunch time, especially when you haven't really been doing that in the season. Now all of a sudden we need James, but like we said before the season though, that's partly what we needed him to be, right? You don't have to be Houston Harden all the time, but there are moments where we need you to be that way and there are games well, you're going to have to step up, and maybe he didn't like that. Maybe he just didn't like his the hot and cold aspect of that offense of Houston Harden today. No, Sixers Harden today. No, Houston Harden today. It's like I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm 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 not trying to figure it out because I don't know. All I know is he's not the number one option, and when you're not the number one option, it's like that sometimes. That's the only reality that, from what I've seen, the MVP is the number one option. Yep. We got it. Average thirty-three points is the number one option. So if you're not the number one option, you may get a lot of volume. You may not get a lot of volume. Yeah, and he's still effective when he isn't the number one option. Hard yeah. to mean. That's not going to change with a different coach. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, we're talking. We're going to talk about the 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 coaching search right now with our next topic. Um. So. ESPN's Woj reported that the 76ers head coach search will include Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Mike Budenholzer. Obviously, Cassell uh, was an assistant on our staff this time around. Monty was assistant with Brett Brown. And D'Antoni was a part of the uh, the process Sixers, that 2015 and 2016 season's assistant. Um, Man, yeah, we so- could have made up that list. Yeah. So, yeah, we could have. We didn't need Wolves to come out with that to make up this list. Yeah, we probably could have. We probably could have just come out with that. All the fire guys. That I probably would not have included Vogel, but Reese's, yeah. Yeah, all right. You know, God has coached, you know, high-profile players mm-hmm. the last recent years and won the championship. Yeah. And they're missing on the bench. Yeah. And, and the guy that we already have a relationship with that has coached James, like, we could have come up with that list like that. Yeah. Give me someone that I don't really – and I'm like, whoa, I can't, oh, he on the list? Give me, I don't see a name like that. JJ J. Reddick, the, uh, the betting lines have him, like I said, as a. Uh, I'm saying that Wolves say him. No, he didn't. No. Okay, so that, I'm saying that, I'm talking about the list that Wolves came out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so my, my question is obviously there's everyone. Jay Wright is that one you're you're talking about? Like Jay Wright, that'd be out of left field. Jay Wright, but Jay Wright has all name has come up with Philly before. Always. I know. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. We could have Jay. That name, like we could have. That's not a surprise to us. Yeah. No, uh, no, you know to hear Jay's name involved. It became a cliche over the years. Actually, yeah, I mean, we thought we were going to pull him for Villanova, like so. That's yeah. always been the case. Um, so a lot of people online are speculating about this. Yeah, some people who love the idea of D'Antoni coming in and kind of creating that Houston Rockets kind of vibe with us. Um, also, Embiid wanted D'Antoni before we ended up uh, hiring Doc a couple years ago, uh, but I think that was to help lure uh, Harden over. Uh, but well, that's what the reports were. But who would be your ch- uh, choice if you guys had to choose? You guys were the decision maker on this, but also what direction do you think uh, we would be headed in with each one of these candidates? I have no idea, man. I don't know. I don't know what James is going to do. I don't know what Maury's going to do. I have no idea. I have no idea. You you got rid of a coach. We had the third best record in the league. I don't know what I don't know what you want. I don't I, I don't know. I just I have to see what it is that they want to do. What James does. Um. I have friends that tell me, y'all need to let – almost everybody that texts me about or call me about the Sixers, almost everyone say that we need to let James go. Everyone. I haven't had one person tell me <laughs> we should bring him back. Mm. Now, they also aren't Sixer fans. <laughs> they probably aren't James Harden fans, obviously. Mm. <laughs> but – that like puzzles me that not one of my friends, not one, not people that I talk to about basketball, nobody says we should bring him back. And that's just a player. That's not talking like salary, what he's demanding. They have it, they don't they don't speak about salary at all. They're just they're looking at the player. Pure, pure player. Okay. Yes. Now they say some things that I don't agree with, obviously. <laughs> um but I'm just saying, it's it's like I haven't had – I can look at my phone like right now and I can t- just look at every message that I've seen since they um, – not even since Doc has been let go, but since we lost or since we lost game six. Every message that I've – and I, it's probably 25 to 30. Damn, not one. Not one said James should come back. And then, and the majority of them don't even know his his status as far as – Free agent, you know, most of them are saying that we should trade him because they have no idea that he's he could okay. be free. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So they, they don't know his contract. So it's not like that kind of conversation where they really dialed in into, you know, the salary cap and what he has come in and how much money. Like they don't, you know, like Tasia does. So they ain't, they ain't in his pocket. So they don't know like that. They're just saying they all feel like in order for us to go take the next step, he can't be there. So. That's why I find it very interesting when you say the sources said that it was him or Doc. When I'm when majority of people out there think we should move on from him. Maybe Doc too. But I'm just saying, like, I think it was just as many people from what I've for who I speak to that feel like if Doc should go, like he should have been, he should go too. And kind of like give it to Maxi and go get some pieces. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Like, I really don't. 
Like I, I need more time to kind of see what we're going to do. Like I really, I don't know. Having James there or James leaving, I, I think some of it and who, who we get in free agency and trade for, it all depends on who you bring in as a coach. I, I think it can all be related. If you're talking about D'Antonio, then, yeah, you probably need to get some more shooters. You know what I'm saying? A little, you know, some more, you know, versatile guys that can defend two positions and switch a little more. And, uh, that's why I say it's hard because we don't, I, I don't know the direction. I know what direction as far as us wanting to win a championship. But I'm saying I don't know the direction as far as style of play that we're going to have. So until we decide that, it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Like what? What we should do? How, how would Embiid fit in a D'Antoni offense, Eric? If that's the route we went, I, I don't know. Like, cause I, I think you know, everybody when they look at D'Antonio, they look at Houston more than Phoenix. In Phoenix, they played with a five that was really good. Mm-hmm. That you know got the ball and ISO. Um, I mean, I think it's sort of the same. I mean, you give him a little more isos. And that's how he played with Amari. I would look more of how he played Amari than how he played in Houston. Um, but he, he, he's a good offensive mind. So he'll, he'll figure something out if that's the route. Um, but, I, I mean, those are all – they're all good candidates. They'll figure something out. I just don't know what we can do and how we should do it as is until we kind of get a candidate or get a guy in place. And how fast do you see this uh, going? Cause I, mean, I know NBA goes a lot faster than the NFL uh, coaching cycles. I know that they try to get this done sooner rather than later. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously I think it happened before the draft. Um, but I think, the four teams that are playing right now, I don't see a change with those teams. Um, so I think it'll start picking up now with um, this move right here, because then you add another team to, you know, that listed. What was said for us is probably the same list that's for Milwaukee and Close. Yeah, in Phoenix, it's probably the same list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard T. Lou's name being pulled, and but then that would just open up another spot. Yep. Um, so I, I think that with this opening up, I think you'll start seeing it go pretty quick. Some of those other places have been open longer. So I think because someone's going to fight for those candidates, someone's going to grab one of them. And, and, and you want to make sure whoever you like between that group you have to, you have to get him locked up. You want to get your pick of the litter. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that you know the, the whole the, the pick and roll offense has been um, a big debate with Sixers about the reliance on it, and that's one of the key things to D'Antoni's offense is the pick and roll, right? So, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Hey, let's get to a more versatile offense. Let's go I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I didn't really understand. It was like, pick and roll. Like, isn't that what James did? Like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, personally, that's what, that's what when you when you said that, Marcus, that's what threw me off. I'm like, pick and roll. James don't like pick and roll. Like, okay, <laughs> you say so. Um, personally, I think I think the coaching change shows. I don't think we're going to make very many changes or improvements to the roster. I think we're going to try to gain an edge with the current roster with a new coach. We're hoping a new coach can unlock more things to the offense and more things to the team. Um, maybe they're hoping it brings – maybe a D'Antoni hire would bring Houston oh, – I'm sorry, Harden closer to Houston Harden. Maybe they're hoping Maxi unlocks another – more potential to his game and goes to a new level, takes another leap. Um, maybe they're hoping we're not as reliant on Embiid by doing this. Uh, I know, so I've seen a couple of polls on this. I think Nurse has actually been one of the biggest favorites of the of the choices. Um, Who? Do you want to introduce continu- What's that? Who's been the fa- favorite, you said? Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse. Oh, Nurse. Okay. The favorite one. Uh, what do you say? Why? I know. I don't know. I just I saw a big. I saw a couple of polls online, and, and oh, just pe- people most voting. fans like. Yep. Nurse. I don't know. We got to know if we're just picking the guy. Like we just because because why? Because we beat Toronto. Like what? What? Like what, for what? Or Toronto beat us? Like what for what? Hey, he's another championship coach. I'm just saying, but what does he do that's gonna help us? I don't know. Okay, we're just voting then. Yeah, they were just voting. Actually, what probably they probably he won because they probably hate the other candidates more than him. That, that's what it probably is. They just didn't like the other guy. That's what happens a lot of times. There's a lot of D'Antoni haters out there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them just be like, no, no D'Antoni, no way. I'm voting for whoever else is there. Um and then you, you can go with continuity with Cassell, right? You could, you could do that. The guys are familiar with him. He's already in-house. He has the player's ear. Um, from what I've seen, he does give some pretty good tough love with them um, and has their respect. Sam's going to do that. He's yeah. not going to be afraid to say what he needs to say. Um, although the notion with Harden and his extracurricular activities and the team not being a fan of it or the coaching – I would assume Cassell was also in that group of people that didn't love him overdoing his extracurricular activities after some bad games. So, but who knows? I don't, I don't know how you can just put that on Doc and not everybody else. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be more just Doc thinking that, right? Cassell, I'm sure when Doc went back to the room and was like, man, he needs to come in and just do, do, do some work. He can't, if, he can't be going if, it, if it was a case, if it was such a case like you say, I would imagine. Sam was summoned to have the conversation before Doc ever did. Mm. Even with Harden? I can believe that, yes. If it was as going on as long as we say. So it it doesn't seem like it was an isolated incident. Yeah. And if that's the and, thing, and- I, 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 in my experience and in my belief, Sam was summoned to have the conversation with him before Doc ever did. Because if Doc does it, it's a bigger deal, right? Your head coach is coming to you talk to you about parting too much. Whereas in assistance yeah, like this, man. And then it's, it's nowhere else to go but not good after that. 
Yeah, yeah. So when Sam came back, Doc would be like, how'd he handle it? Like, not good. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to say anything. And as a player, you know it's coming from Doc. <laughs> yeah, exactly, though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's no Probably. It's no at, least, you know. at least he actually did uh, make you know, the Brown telling, you know, having a conversation with AI about, you know, what he needs to do on the play. Now, <laughs> Allen know it comes. He know that's coming from Coach Brown. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. I guess it's like the optics, like, but it's not actually the coach saying it to you, right? Hey, I never said anything to you. I never said anything to you. I mean, you can't necessarily say it's the coach because you didn't talk to him, but we all exactly. know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because um, then Marward might be like, man, Sam, I know you don't give a shit about this. Why, what, who is this? Is, is, is this Doc asking you to ask me? Like, I didn't say that. I didn't I say mean, that. He'd just be like, yeah, you know, I mean, James would be like, man, come on, dude. Man. Like, you know, you've been, you play, you know how this goes, man. It's not like, and then it's just like, you know, Sam gives his spill of, how it look and the optics and the team and other guys see it, and, you know, make sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you just look like you're not dialed in. And I know you are, I know you dialed in, but you know, yeah. it's how it looks and you know, it's all that feel. You know, <laughs> yep. that's how the conversation go and all that. Man. Very delicate, very, very delicate, yeah. polite yeah. conversation with James on that yeah. one. Yeah. So, but, but I will say going on, if they do hire a guy who has been okay with those things in the past, that doesn't send a great message. So if they do hire Dan Tony. I personally think, I don't know what you guys say, that maybe they didn't fire Doc for Harden, but if they're hiring Dan Tony, a guy who has enabled old bad habits of James, I think that would play a factor. You're letting right? in on the secret. Um, it doesn't matter who they hire. James is going to do what James feels like he wants to do. As long yes. as he's at practice, on time, and when he's supposed to be there and he's at the games and he's not meet late and he's not missing things, on his free time, he's going to do what he wants to do. And nobody, no coach is going to change that. But do you think management hiring a hard ass instead of hiring an old buddy of his sends a different statement or a message to him? <laughs> are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? No, no, he's still going to do it. But I'm sorry, the message to him, though, like we don't – we want you to change your habits or – we're hiring a guy who's been cool with you doing that. You're hear what I said. On his free time, I didn't say on the Sixers' time, on his free time, he has the ability to fly somewhere and come right back and go to practice. Yeah. This, this part right here isn't new to the NBA. Yes. Guys have hung out and does like that's not new. Yeah. It's when it invades the locker room and it invades other people when it starts impacting the team. It has, though, with him, though. It did in Houston. There were some bad stories with him in Houston. Yeah, and he was an MVP. He was at one point. I'm just saying, that this year he was 20 and 10, 20, 20 and 11, and led the league in assists. That's what he did. Yeah. yeah. But apparently not happy with that role. I'm just saying, but that's that's what he did. So we're not talking about what he's doing on the court. We're talking about his free time. He's not having that conversation with any new coach. If I was an assistant coach, though, and, and Harden told me that, I'd be like, yeah, but you were also three for, what, 15 when it mattered in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and that and had nothing to do with his free time. It doesn't? Did that have something to do with Joel's free time? It was Possibly. Probably. I'd say that more of a do with his knee than anything, but yeah. 
Well, it has something to do with James Achilles then. Now you said he was healthy. Uh, then so did Joel too. He just said he took a brace off. Yep. Come on, man. Like, you just can't say it about one person. If you say it about one, you're saying it about everybody. Yeah, but we know Embiid's not flying to Vegas for a night and flying know. back. We don't know what he's doing this free time. We don't know. That's why it's none of our business. Unless it impacts I, I, the team. I know for a fact, I know for a fact, you can put in the same kind of work standing in Philly as James did going to Las Vegas. I know that for a fact. Yeah, that's fair. Stay up all night, put in the same kind of work, just without the flight, without the charter flight. Yep. So Teji, you, you didn't you didn't give your um your stance on on the coach of who I prefer. Yeah, you, you didn't get you didn't give one because you, you you're 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 the mindset that we're going to keep pretty much everything together and just change the coach and hopefully they can unlock something. I think so. Yeah, so yeah. Who would be that person? Because if you can't change the roster, what are you going to do to hopefully make things better? Coach, there's nothing else to change. What the facility? I mean, like the weight machines, like. That's all you really can do, right? If you can't, oh, you can. If James decides to walk, you don't have a choice. Well, that's a big roster change. I'm saying if we, our plan is to keep everything intact, if that's our plan, then I, I, I don't see how that's the plan. I, me personally, I think eventually they move to Tobias, even if it's now or during the trade deadline. Yes, um, because they're they're going to get something for him, and they're not going to. Um, I don't think they'll resign him. Um, so I think they'll, I think they'll move them. And then James, like, I, I believe the stuff about James going back to Houston more than I believe, believe the issue that he said it was between me or doc. I believe that more. You don't think that's just a leverage pull? I do believe it's a leverage pull, but I do believe that he would leave for that. Yeah. I, I firmly do believe that. I, I, he's not James. Isn't young, man. I know. Like guys at the end of their career, he'd be like, "Man, look, man, I'm gonna go down here, play a couple more years, live in my house in Houston. I already live there. I already have a place. Look, I'm gonna just go ahead and get these last couple years in and, and call it a career." But I told Marcus the other day, I was like, "Look, if you're James and you're like, I'm not winning here, and all I'm doing is wrecking my points per game stats, I'm down and to twenty points." Criticized or blamed. Yeah, I may as well go back to Houston. I can easily see him leaving. It, it it would not surprise me at all. Houston that may surprise me to see him go somewhere else, but it definitely wouldn't surprise me to see him go to Houston. Yeah. Earlier in the year, I was like, nah, he wouldn't do that. But now, no, nah, yeah. I firmly believe Because if I'm not going to win, I may as well get stats. No. Right? No, no, I mean, it ain't really stats. He done did his stats. He first ballot, top 75. But every year he's doing every year he's being John Stockton, his points per game average is going down by two. That ain't gonna go down. I mean, he he already he already one of the top to do it. His scoring assists, he's one of the top players to do it. His numbers, his numbers now aren't um percentage as much as it is totals. Mm -hmm. Are you, you hear what I'm saying? Totals but, they, but the totals are going down though. He's scoring no, less. No, every no, 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 no. I'm saying totals, career totals. Where are you on that totals list? So, so you're saying the numbers are going down, but he's moving up 
the totals list. He's moving up in the top scores. He's moving up in the top at a, at a At a slower pace than he was. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is he's moving up that list. He's not going down that list. So when you get to this part of his career, the percentages aren't as big as guys moving up the list. That's why they, they that's why when they start talking about people's numbers, they're like, oh, he's top 20. He's a top 25 scorer now. Oh, he's a top 30 scorer now. That's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're not saying, well, he's a top 30 scorer, but his percentage is three percentages lower than it was two years ago. It's now because he's at that eighth stage where Everybody knows on the decline, he's at the end of his career. It's all about where are you going to finish amongst the greats in totals. Yeah. But with Houston, he was averaging almost double total points a season. That's a big difference. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, like, a, it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to his totals yeah. if he keeps playing the guy with Embiid. But who's to say he's gonna he's gonna uh, lift that when he goes to Houston? They have they have two premier guards over there, dude. Man, Jake, come on now. If he's going to Houston, he's going to, that's why that's why that's what we're saying. He's going to average thirty a game. Taze, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying when he gets to this stage of his career, I don't think the percentages are as big as the, where you are as the totals. No, I agree. No, I, I I totally agree. But saying that, we're talking about double the amount of output. On a team like Houston, I know what I'm saying, but uh, just he'll be, like, he'll be he'll be climbing a lot faster at 2,400 points a season than than yeah. I mean, but I think with him it comes down to just wanting to be where you want to be, like be down there in this. Well, yeah, that, that's definitely be where you want to be. The expectations aren't high. You can play. He can go down there and play four more years and just be like, and now the percentages, as you said, they go lower and lower. But averaging 16 points here and there is two different things. Mm-hmm. So, Tasia, yeah. no, no coach you prefer? Just uh, to end this topic. Prefer? <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. want, you want him to go on the record, huh, man? He just wants you to go on the record. Say you don't know, man. Say I have no idea. Yeah, yeah if you want to, if you want to wait uh, till we till we get somebody, then you can kind of talk about where you see this thing going and. Sure, you can do that, but I mean, I have a preference. I want I want Cassell to be the guy. So I mean, I think the only guys I have a problem with would be Vogel, and 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 I'm not a I'm not really a Bud guy, but Cassell, D'Antoni, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse. You'd have no I'd problems. Be, I, I wouldn't. Have, I really wouldn't have a problem with any of them. I don't. I don't they're not bad coaches. I, I and I think Cassell deserves a shot. You know, at what point does this Cassell deserve a shot to be a head coach? Yeah, he, 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 um, tur- he turned down that Temple job this year, this couple couple months back. So, I mean, I, take, I will say though, man, taking over this job, you, you got man, talk about expectations and ready to get fired. I mean, like you are, you're starting the job on the hot seat taking this job. So that's the only thing I'd be worried about if I were Cassell. And, and T. Lou took over for Doc when Doc left uh, the Clippers. Another another assistant who just uh, who jumped into that role. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Who was that? Uh, Tyrone T. Lou took over for uh, Doc after Doc left. In the Clippers, mm-hmm. yeah, he had already, but he had already been the head coach. Though. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I feel like getting that new blood of a guy who wasn't a head coach before, kind of giving that like you know, letting himself finally have his shot. With this team, uh, where he's already developed, developed relationships with, I mean, I think that would be. Maury's a big fan of 
previous personal relationships, though, and he's a big fan of high-profile people. Cassell doesn't – he takes about one and a half – maybe a half of those. He has a recent relationship with him. Long-term, obviously, D'Antoni would have that, and I guess he's is high-profile. Yeah. Well, we had to, may have to look and see whose agent everybody is. So. Yeah, yeah, I should start looking into that. Actually. Which agency does he have a relationship with? That's yep. crazy. I didn't realize there was that big of a monopoly on uh, head coaches' agents. Like, there's only, there's only like you said, there's only a small amount. There's not many. What's well, a small amount that has the top guys? Mm. It's not like it's ten. You know, you got like ten candidates. They all got ten different agents. Like most of these guys got the same agent. Wow, that's wild. So sometimes you have to look and see who more has a history of relationship with, with as mm. far as agency. Tasia, there you go. Research for you. And by the way, looking at Total points, career, Harden's at 24, 20, almost 25,000. To get into the top 10, he needs about four plus, almost 5,000. So those 1,200 a year are pretty important when trying to climb in to get into those top 10, top five. That's that's why I'm saying, like, you go somewhere, I'm saying the totals that are, that's why I said the percentage don't matter as much as it's those totals. Yeah, it'll take them a lot longer to do it in Philly. Let's put it that way. With those twelve hundred every year, take them a lot longer to get up there. If he goes to Houston, he'll be top ten by in like two years, three years. I don't know if he could. I don't know if he could ever do it in Philly, the way the way it's going, the the way his the offense is structured. Unless you have D'Antoni coming in and switching things around. That I don't know, but it, it would. He has a chance to get top 10 if he goes somewhere to maximize his scoring. So really it comes down to does he want to win? Like he says he like he says he wants, or does he want to have his totals be amongst the, the greats? Yeah. I mean, he's already amongst the greats. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean top 30 is awesome. It, it is great. It's amazing. But you know, top 10 score of all time is you know. Yeah. Well, uh, the, la- the last topic, we'll, we'll come back to Harden and uh, his future uh, a little bit. We'll obviously go into that a little bit more as the offseason gets here. But uh, I wanted to t- take us back to Game 7 a little bit to discuss a little bit of that um, now that we got the doc stuff out of the way. Um, so, uh, obviously, Sixers uh, season ended Sunday in the Game 7. Uh, good game before uh, uh, until we got to halftime, and then the third quarter just got <laughs> dominated. That was awful. Um, good half. It was a good half. It was it was a fun first half of basketball. It was a good um, half. We had that nine point lead before the Harden flagrant. Uh, that was uh, that was I think that was kind of where everything just kind of went went south. But um, we were outscored thirty three to ten. Uh, one of the worst third quarters uh, in Sixers playoff history. Um, no, I think I read it is the, it is the biggest. It was it was tied. It was tied. It was tied for the lowest points scored in Sixers history in a quarter. Oh, okay, no, but uh, the disparity though I think is the largest of all time in a quarter in the game seven. I read. Oh no! Twenty-three points, even worse. That's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so kind of t- the way Game Six ended, it was kind of the way where Game Seven kind of went. Um, but uh, there was something after the game, uh, the post-game show on NBA TV. I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about. So after the game, Sam Mitchell and Greg Anthony had interesting comments. Um, Sam said our lack of depth hurt us, and that Harden can only play one sort of way on offense—a high pick and roll—and that Boston figured it out. Greg said it was because of lack of roster flexibility, and we only had one-dimensional players. So, which would you guys lean as the culprit? Um, and is there anything we could have done differently? 
Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, I know Greg and, and Sam, uh, you know, big, you know, older guys that I look up to. Um, I've, I value their opinion. I would have to say that I don't know if it's an opinion coming from a whole season. I think it's an opinion coming from right now. Yeah. The, I'll take Sam first, and the pick and roll and Boston figuring figuring him out. Um, I think he's right. I, I think he was right that we put him in a lot of pick and roll, and and they did figure it out, and that's why they put Jalen Brown on him. They put a bigger guy on him that was bigger for the switching and they did different things for the switch for the pick and roll. They, they made adjustments in that pick and roll. Um, so and you say, Greg said lack of depth. Uh, lack of roster flexibility. And we only have one dimensional players. I think that <clears throat> I, I think we had it. I think maybe we were locked into playing a certain way because we had to have guys fit Joel and James. But I think we had the, the roster flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got into the playoffs and we didn't play near as many guys that, you know, like Shake Bill was playing a lot. In the playoffs, he didn't play at all. At all. Um, so, you know, you even looked at Boston. I think game six, they only played eight guys. Yeah, they went real short. I think game seven, they played seven guys. They played all the last game and they didn't play at all until game seven to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they pretty much only used Brogdon and White, and that was it. That's what I'm saying. So, it's, it wasn't like they played a lot of people, too. <laughs> they just happened to win. So, I think that, that that rotation just got cut for both teams. Yeah. So and Sam was even saying, like, if you look at the guys like Brogan and White playing, he's like, those guys are starters on most people's teams, and they're the sixth and seventh men on that team. Yeah, I mean, that's they have seven locked in players, but I but I also think Milton has showed good promise as a starter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, they, yeah, they're probably deeper, but that's you're talking about one person deeper. It's not like they went nine, ten into the bench. Yeah, he also really said, he said he made a point to say how good their bench is that Grant Williams played major minutes against the Warriors last year and he couldn't even see the floor this year. That's how talented they were. No, nah, I think this is the same team, they just brought them changed them. They brought another guy in that can play off the bench and play on the perimeter. He has, he has um, helped them play better. I think Grant Williams' issue a lot came into the fact that Williams was in and out of the lineup last year with his injuries. But with him playing more and playing consistently, it has kind of leveled out Grant Williams' play. You, you, you didn't really need them both. Yeah. But last year he was needed with 
Williams in and out of the lineup. They don't even have Gallinari. He's been injured all year. That's the funny thing. Man. Oy. So it's probably like a mixture of both points, actually. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, I see what they're saying. I mean, just, just to say that if you're saying Boston is deeper and better, they had a better record. They had a better team. Obviously, they put us out. Yeah. But to say that we don't have it, and I don't agree with us not having it. We just wasn't better than the team that had the second-best record, and we had the third-best record. But we had that same team that we're talking about, we had a chance to beat them at home in game six. Two the same team. We had two chances to beat them. Yep. So we can say all this, but we still had two chances to beat them. We just didn't do it. So winning game six at home, we are having a total different conversation right now. Yep. <laughs> Whole different show. Total different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this, in a way, kind of feels to me like it, it kind of feeds into what Harden was complaining about Doc and his style. Um, like it was a pick and roll bust. Allegedly, allegedly, sure. Um, well, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, he's gone now. So there's there's smoke, there's fire, I guess. Um, so it was like a pick and roll bust, and then we only have these one dimensional players. Do we only have one-dimensional players? Is it kind of feeding what you just said, Eric? Or were they only asked to be one-dimensional? Like, hey, we need you to sit in that corner and shoot. We need you to do this. Like, Tobias can do a lot more than what he was doing, but he was being relegated to a catch-and-shooter because that's what we need him to do at that's that position. Is that Doc, or is that because you have to play a certain way to yeah. play with the top players? And this ties into a lot of my complaints with the allocation of those funds to – a guy of Tobias's role. It wasn't Tobias. Tobias is capable of being a 20 plus score uh, a, a night player. It's that that position on this team is yeah, not going to take I, more I, than 10 I, shots I, a game. I joke with you and I understand what you mean by that. But all, all I've always said was when he was given that those funds, yeah. it, his role was different. Yes. So now yeah. that you change his role, like you can't now all of a sudden tell him. Well, yeah, because back then yeah. when we gave him that role, we had yeah. uh, nine shot a game Ben Simmons. That's why that's, we needed that, a guy who did. So that's what I'm trying to say. So that's that's all it is. You, you just change the team, so you yeah. can't now all of a sudden start telling him, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. and look, he, ad he adapted really well, yeah. and that's another guy it was hard for. Like we said, oh, the hot and cold. Oh, Houston Harden tonight. Oh, uh, Tobias, we need you to be the guy we paid $39 million to. Can you score 25 points today? Uh, sure. I only shot five times last game, but I'll, score I'll see what I can do. Shots. Yeah, that's what yeah it's not It's not easy. If, if the role change was a consistent role change, that'd be one thing. But it, it, it all goes top. It's, it's every game they changed over. Like, okay, we need you to be a, a – oh, he's off today. We need you to score 25. It's easier said than done every single game. Um. And we even, as far as like versatility goes, we talked about this last year. We have a lot of very similar players going into the year. So there were some redundancies on our, our roster that we had going into the year. Um, I also thought, I think I read recently, we're the bottom of the, we were like bottom three of the league in cutting, players cutting to the rim, which is a little upsetting to see. And I think with Brett Brown, we were actually top of uh, the league, which is interesting. Yeah, um, they have a, that, that, that was um style of play and that was personnel because you have a lot of cutting because your quote unquote second best player cut a lot to be more efficient. 
Mm-hmm. You had to cut him to get him to the basket. Or get him That's what Sam, Sam and Greg were like, Harden's not changing his game like that year yeah. 14. Uh, what he is, what he is right now. That's his yes. style. And that's what he plays. You, you can't just say, all right, Harden, it ain't working. Time to uh, set a pick and then cut to the rim. Like, he's not going to do that. That's not, his, that's not his thing. So, you know, whose fault or problem is that? I'm ours, but, you know, on the court, I mean. Um, honestly, I just think we just didn't have another gear, and, and, and Boston and Tatum did. Like, he just he, – he, he was his best version of himself, and our guys just really weren't. Um, Harden was just too passive when we needed him to be more aggressive. We said that in game six. All, all I'm saying is – we can say what we want to say. Um, Doc's gone. We talk. We talk. We're gonna say more about Doc. We're gonna say more about James. Um, from the fourth quarter and the four minutes left on, through to the end of game seven, their number one option. Show James the number one option. Yes. So. Best maybe, showed you he's the best player in the series. Maybe it was like maybe it was injuries. And I'm hoping and thinking maybe that that's what it was. But I firmly believe if our number one option and our MVP would have did the same, we would be playing Miami Heat at home tomorrow night. Yep. I was gonna bring that up too. So Bill Simmons on his podcast said he uh he talked to people in the uh, arena. They said that play where um, Embiid landed on Smart underneath the basket. They're saying he tweaked. They, they said they saw him like tweak his leg, and they said he wasn't. He couldn't lift after that. He had he had no he had no jump after that. Um, I, I didn't think. Know. Yeah, I didn't take a close enough look at that. And then uh, then Rosillo said that he felt that one play. I think in Game Six, where Harden on a fast break went through his legs, and uh, Joel kind of had a weird landing. He said he saw him playing with his leg a lot there. So we don't know. What, I mean, Joel was probably. Well, we knew he was dealing with a lot, but we don't know. Six week recovery, man. He recovered. Yeah, and, and that's what before you. What is it? So we, so, so he was injured, and that's why we lost. We still fired the coach. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We needed a different. We needed excuses, different kind of doc. Got excuses, sources, all this other stuff. So doc's gone, and at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we win the game. We're not having these conversations. Yes, with him, yes. with Doc still there, with James. Feeling how he feels or whatever else, and, and Joel hurt or whatever else, y'all sources and everybody else have to say. We still had a chance to win the game. I know at home in Game Six, a team that we had beaten in Game One on the road without Joel. Yeah. Say it however you want to say it. That's where it all went south. Yeah. Not winning that game. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate too because I think Doc made a comment about he's never he's never he was never able to coach Joel a healthy Joel in the playoffs yet. He's like I still haven't seen a healthy Joel in the playoffs in my couple of years here. But we had an unhealthy Joel with a lead in the fourth quarter in Game Six. Yep. yep. So Joel, James, Doc, Maxi, Tobias, PJ, everybody else, we got to figure out how to win that game. Yep. Um, so that leads us to our next topic, uh, which are we talking about steps to success or is the season a failure? So we're going to get into some quotes that, uh, reflecting on the season. Um, so now our former head coach, Doc Rivers said, uh, after the game on Sunday, um, this loss absolutely diminishes what we did this year. 
Uh, PJ Tucker agreed and said, yeah, I agree 1000% to go down like that without feeling like you have a full fight um, in two games is, is disappointing uh, to win the series. MB uh, said with a smile, like someone said, it's not a failure. It's a step to success. He also said that's the best team in the league losing to them uh, in seven games. I thought for the most part, we played hard and we came up short. Harden agreed and said, we are only one year in. We just played a team that's been together for quite a few years now. They were in the finals last year, and they know what it takes to get back there. This is only year one, a full year. So it was great. So my question to you guys is, do you guys agree with Doc and Tucker that because of how the Celtics series ended that this year is a failure or with Embiid and Harden and the fact that losing to the best team in the league is not a failure? So are you guys Team Giannis on this one or, or not? <laughs> Disappointing end. I would never. I don't, I don't believe in this a failure. It's a disappointing, but failure. Uh, I don't agree with that. Yeah, um, I think we talked about this last week. Even going into the game seven, um, I think it would only be considered a failure because we were up three two. Going into the Boston series, we didn't know when MB was going to play. We said he was definitely going to be out game one, probably out game two, maybe for game three. Most people didn't even give us a chance. Like the, 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 yeah, I, mean, I, I just, I just, for me, it's just hard to say, you know, failure when you play 82 games and then you ended up in third place behind the team and you lost to that team that was number two that showed for yeah. 82 games that they were a better seed. And then you lose to them. Um, no matter, it was ugly. Yeah, the game was, that loss was ugly. Um, but you still lost to a team that was, had worked all season to be home court advantage. That's why they had the game seven at home and you lose that game. Highly disappointing. But can we say it's a shock? No. No. So I I don't believe in the failure. And we've seen him do it before. We've seen Boston do that exact same thing. It's disappointing. It's a failure. No. Um, Do I think losing a series being up 3-2 is a choke job? Yeah, I'll say we choked. Uh, do I think losing uh, to a superior? I would say so. Mm. Really? You don't think that's a Maybe joke? Series. Well, that's <laughs> no, no. See, that's a colossal <laughs> joke. That's like <laughs> so, so. You got different levels of choke. This was like different levels of choke. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it up at some point after this one. After you, you get with Doc, then you're yeah. then it, uh, then it comes up. That was like. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when, when I you think get in the hospital, I think the Hawks. Um, that's like a collapse. Like I don't even like, Chuck doesn't even do it. Um, but do I think losing to a superior team makes you a failure? No, and and they are the better team. I, I think we had top end, although they didn't play like it, but they're the better overall team. And James is right. I mean, they look. Boston's been to five out of seven semifinals. I can make an argument that's a bigger failure that Boston hasn't won a ring in those years. Five times in the semifinals in seven years, you haven't won a ring yet? I think that's a bigger fail than being up 3-2 against a better team and losing. But no one wants to, no one calls Boston a failure, even though, hey, if we go back to pre, before game six, everyone was talking about Boston tearing it down and getting rid of uh, – and, and separating Brown and Tatum. Remember that? That's funny how things are – That's why I said, you know, you win game six, it's a totally different conversation. Yeah. I it's it's a yeah, and on top of that, it's funny that Doc says that too, right? He, he losing being up three two makes your entire season a failure. Well, then Doc, if that's the case, then most of your career was a failure then because you've had a lot of playoff chokes. So if you're going to go with that rationale for this season, 
then I guess you call at least seven years of your career failures then because he's, he's done this a lot. So I hope he doesn't call every single season that ends this way a failure because yeah. I'm just saying, but if, if a season doesn't end this way and you lose and you don't make the playoffs, is that not a failure too? So that's what I'm saying. We're looking at failures every year then. Yeah. No, you're better off. Actually, I think you're better off just missing the playoffs than getting in and losing. Because with the minute you get in and lose, coach is gone. Play. Uh, a, a, I'm just it's all a failure. I mean, he, yeah, he did win the championship. Yeah. Um, I will say, Tasia, the, the threshold for us in Boston is a little different. Our threshold was just getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. They've already they get there every year, like you said. So, I mean. But, but do you remember before we lost, though, I said it would actually it would actually be it would actually be a better look to lose to Boston in this series than to beat Boston and lose to an inferior Miami because we are better than Miami. Losing to Miami would be a major choke job in the Eastern Conference Finals. We're much better and they're injured. And I think we'd be having the same conversation if that did, were to happen. We'd be having the same conversation we're having right now in this episode, but just in two weeks, if that were to happen, like you're if saying, if we lost to Miami, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think losing to Miami would would, would um would trump uh, getting into the Eastern Conference Finals because if, if I were to tell you you play Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals after losing Hero and Oladipo, you'd say, oh, we're going to the finals. We're going to we're, yeah. going, we're going to the championship. If you if we were lucky enough to do that, that would have meant that we would have lost a home game. Yes. One, two, five, or seven. Mm-hmm. We lost one of them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the last quote that I want to talk about from Game 7 is about toughness, something that we all talked about, or our guys talked about after we lost in Miami last year. We thought we just needed toughness, and we brought that in. We brought the guy that, you know. But um, P.J. Tucker said, quote, we weren't very tough. We weren't very physically tough, emotionally tough, mentally tough. It just wasn't enough. And Bede said, quote, you can be as tough as you want mentally, but if you can't respond by making shots, that doesn't mean you are weak mentally. We kept shooting and we kept missing, and that's okay. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. So MB was the one saying we needed to bring toughness to this team. We brought that, and now he's saying it wasn't really about toughness anymore. Um, who do you guys agree with on the on the toughness aspect? I mean, you've got the same locker room in two different perspectives. You have the perspective of the new guy. You have the perspective of the guy that's been there a longer tenure guy. And lost a lot. So, um, I, don't, I don't think either guy's wrong. Because I think the perspectives of how they view it are correct. Um, you, you can, the toughness is needed. Um, but I don't think the toughness is needed collectively. Is more as I think it's more of an individual thing. I think some guys are tough physically, maybe not tough mentally. Some tough guys are tough mentally, maybe not physically, or some guys aren't tough emotionally. I think you know that that's that's an individual feel for the team. But I think that's most teams are like that. Um, you know, Joe L say making shots. That's that's some of that is mental toughness, physical toughness, fighting through it, being tired, or fighting through you know shooting slumps. And so I think it's all connected. I, I think that what they're saying is more connected than I think they realize that they 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 really kind of feel the same way and saying it two different ways. 
I um just based off the statements, I I we were weak. We were we were very weak. And just saying, ah, oh, we shot, we missed. Meh. Like, no, I, I don't try different things. Try getting your ass to the, the lane and post up deep, Joel. I mean, if your shots aren't going in, stop shooting those shots. Try drive. But that takes a different that takes a a mental and emotional toughness. And exactly. going on post takes a physical toughness. Yeah. And uh, and Bead wanted Tucker in for that. So it's like, listen to the man. Like he Yeah, he that's wanted... what I'm saying. But Tucker's toughness and his are different because the the what you're asked to do isn't the same. Yes. So it's easy to you know play your role and bring it, but you also aren't in someone else's role. And to say, you know, and you, you say that we can sit up here and, and you're implying for him not going down there and not maybe not being physically tough. He's still the MVP, so he was tough enough to get an MVP. <laughs> so that's why I say it's hard to just say that. And let's not forget that he had to do that whole pep talk to Joel after that and one. Yeah, uh, we don't know what he said. Right? So we don't know what he, you know, the pep talk, it may not be pep talk. It may just be encouragement. It was it was social work, remember? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, yeah, that's what he said, but it, it may be encouragement, but, you know. Yeah, I think it had something to do with uh, how you can dominate Al Horford. I, I know you can, I know who you're capable of kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you you can say that you, but you can also say that in the locker room, we would have never seen it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, bottom line is, you're an MVP. You're one of the most dominant players in the league. Yeah, get to the paint, draw contact, go to the line. You need a pep talk for that. Yeah, slow the game down, get to the line, draw contact. Um, if there's a toughness guy, I, I want to listen to it's 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 Tucker. So I I I, I tend to. Uh, since toughness is the um, subject, I'll, I'll lean, I'll lean Tucker on that one. <laughs> I believe uh, Tobias also mentioned toughness too in his press conference as well, as uh, we something we didn't have. Um, but one important thing to draw from the uh, uh, they didn't have it, then what? They just gonna go lift weights and develop it next year? Maybe spend the summer with uh, PJ. Yeah, you'd be saying well, we didn't have it, but how you gonna go get it? Acquire more PJs, clone PJ, or or you start from where you can claim that we can't make shots. Yeah, maybe that's why they made the coaching move. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe yeah. they feel like they came from coaching. You know something, you're gonna be complaining about what you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. How about just winning game six? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Demanding the ball in the last four minutes. Yeah. Win the game six. Uh, but Embiid said he's going to work on his ball handling this offseason. He already has a plan for ball handling. That's what he needs to work on, which that's not. That's not. A, what, what do you think about that as far as uh, what do you, you plan? Yeah, he says he's going to work on his ball handling. <laughs> yeah. You, you serious? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said in his press conference. He already has a plan of what he's going to plan on working out, uh, working on this offseason. And I believe ball handling was it, right? There was nothing else? Yeah. I think Sam Mitchell said it should be uh, noticing when the double team's coming because by now you should be more accustomed to seeing when the double team's coming. 
and, and adjust to that. <laughs> yeah, I would say get down the block and start getting the jump hook and and uh, yes. move over your left shoulder and then move over your right shoulder. That, that's what yes. I would say. No. Building yeah. up the conditioning to to do that at a consistent rate. Yeah, left shoulder, right shoulder. Array of moves. Um, maybe um, working with the Kimolajuan with that. Yeah. Or whomever else, or Kareem, or whoever else it could be. Mm-hmm. Pat Ewing, getting some with some of those guys, Shaq, and working over your left shoulder, right shoulder. They're going to double you. They're going to have to double you quick. And they're going to have to double you deep. Yeah. But, and then they, go do your ball handling. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear him say that ball handling is the number one thing he's going to work on this summer, what does that, what does that suggest to you, Eric? That he wants to maybe mimic more of a Jokic type game? I mean, what, what does that mean? What, he's what's that going to be more on the perimeter. Mm. That's what it tells me. Oh, boy. Well, so we'll have plenty of offseason to talk about all the videos we may see if he is going to work with some of those guys, Eric. Hopefully that we hopefully we're on this show in a couple of months talking about oh and being worked out with uh, Kareem or Elijah on this, uh, this 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 Sunday. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But. No, hopefully <laughs> we can hope. Um, last thing before we go, uh, before we end the show, just one. Uh, so obviously the Harden rumors. We said we we're going to talk about a little bit more of that. We're going to get into that all offseason. But um. One rumor that came out with Harden, obviously we've talked about the Houston stuff for months, uh, but the, the newest rumor is uh, that he has his sights set on Phoenix, if not a return back to Houston. So what are your thoughts on the potential of Harden going to Phoenix? And the only way that would be to happen, it would have to be a sign and trade if Phoenix would have to get rid of Chris Paul as well as DeAndre Aiden to make the contracts work um, for that uh, to happen. So what do you guys think of that potential? I mean, it's just to me, it's 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 just people just coming up with stuff. Like neither team has a coach right now. Like, yeah. are we talking about where the players going? We don't even know who's going to coach them. It's like it's just like why are we having this conversation? Like, you, yeah, you I don't know, know why. Direction. We don't know the direction of the teams. We don't know the direction in 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 management. We don't know the direction in coaching. Like we don't know. So it's. I mean, I understand. A lot of reports out of Phoenix right away came out that they're going to try really hard to get rid of Aiton's contract and Paul's contract. That's where it started. And then when yeah, we I mean, lost, yeah, same thing with Harden. Like, yeah, I mean, Chris, older, you've seen that coming. Aiton had issues last year, didn't really want to did sign with someone else, and they matched it. Mm-hmm. Like, did we forget this? <laughs> He, he certainly didn't. <laughs> he signed with someone else and they matched it. And Chris is older and everyone knows, like, why is that a shock that we're talking about those two guys there? But have you heard we did a swap? Arrow staying, arrow up, arrow down for Chris Paul for a hard and swap. I, I, I don't I don't see why we would do that. I, 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 if we're gonna move James, we got to move James to get some younger pieces. I think well, the reason why I would say we would is just because Chris Paul's contracts half guaranteed this year and not guaranteed at all next year. So 
it would be a way to kind of somewhat keep a similar roster for at least this one year. And then you have Tobias and Paul's contract both coming off the books at the same time. You get $75 million off your books. And you can pretty much start from scratch with Embiid and Maxi and go from there. So then we're not talking about winning the championship. But I think you still could if you had Chris Paul for this one year, right? I mean, it's close enough to Harden to the point where it's it's still – you're still contending, right? I don't you think say, it's that big of a. You saying that honestly? <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a drop off. I, I didn't say it was a big drop off. I'm just saying, are you still saying you're trying to win a championship? I'm asking you a question. Yeah, you're still, competing, move, you're still competing. So making this move, you're gonna come to us and say we're still trying to win a championship. That's what you're gonna come to us as fans and say. For one year, we're gonna give it a try to the same team, but instead of Harden, CP3 for one year with a new coach. No, no way. I'm I'm not buying that. I don't know about everybody else. I'm not buying that. I'm just saying, okay, we'll still be competitive. We'll still make the playoffs, but you can't tell me you're trying to win a championship. But we were contending for rings when we went from Brown to Doc, right? Even though we did a coaching switch. Yeah, I'm just saying, but you you got a Phoenix Suns saying they're trying to win a championship and they're moving away. You said they're moving away from Chris. And so we're going to take them and say, yeah, well, we're not going. We're, we're not like you guys. We're going to take Chris, and we're trying to win it. I think it's mostly just a stopgap for us because we don't want to. We don't want Harden to leave for nothing. That's the that's the thing. Because if Harden leaves, we still don't have any money to spend. We're still we're still tied. Our hands are tied. But but at least this way, you get James Paul also for, want more money. So you would imagine that he'll help. He'll, he'll want to move for something so he can get his best deal. Yes. Yeah. That, well, that's why Aiden would probably have to be involved because Paul makes 30 and I think Harden wants 40. And you're plus. moving Aiden somewhere else, right? You yeah. have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it really depends on what you would get for that Aiden piece. Oh, you mean like what yeah. we would bring here to, to equal yes. the salary of, of Paul and, and um, yes. Harden? Yeah. You said Aiden would be a part of it, but Aiden would go somewhere else. I said it would. Yeah. I would guess you would have to see. What's what that is? It, it, yeah, you know, because you, if that's another guy that's not going to give you flexibility the next year, then I don't understand. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun off season. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I wish Hard would just opt in to one friggin' year, and then him and Tobias could come off the books no, together next gonna, year. He's not going. No, that. no, no way. He's doing that. No way. No. But at, at least with that, with that Phoenix scenario, we get something back for him instead of him just going to Houston without getting anything. At least for one year. Yeah. But. At least. Maybe two. I mean, that's a, that's the beauty of Paul's contract. It's pretty much like a one-year deal for the rest of his contract. Uh, but Phoenix is going to give up their starting center and starting point guard for James? I would assume they'd get something back in that Aiden deal. Like 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 half of that contract, whatever that is, like we get like a $17 million player. They would get like a $15 million player and they would get James and we would get Chris Paul. I mean, this is all completely craziness and speculative, but um, yeah, but I, I have heard with all the crazy salary cap restrictions that are coming up, it's going to be a wild, I heard it's going to be a wild off season of guys being moved just because teams are going to try to clean up their cap as much as possible before they get, restricted on on the hard cap the second hard cap yeah we'll see so yes, we will they're gonna be a, like a full off season and i'm sure by the time our next show uh we'll, we're gonna have more rumors about where we're gonna have 10 more rumors by then guys definitely every, every week it's gonna pile up 
<laughs> and maybe we'll have a new coach by the next time we, we see each other. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, that's a good. Do, do you think we'll have a new coach by the next time we meet? The next week? Yeah. No, because I think that the the interview process will take a little longer. But I do think that it'll be um, probably looking at second interviews. Okay. So we'll see. Fine. I'm surprised Harris. I'm still surprised Harris made this the, the the move to get rid of Doc. I mean, he's got so much going on with this whole Washington Commander stuff. I mean, I, I'm surprised he wanted to even do this. Maybe he's going to hire Doc to be their coach. Yeah, <laughs> just to move him to Washington. Sounds uh, <laughs> good idea. All right, fellas. Well, we'll see you guys next week. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you guys next week as we continue this off season full of uh, rumors. All right, hang in there. Easy. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.